This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. And I'm Heidi Bennett from Vibrant Visionaries. Hey, Heidi. Glad to have you with us. You're our co-host for uh, these two minutes uh, today and on uh, on Friday. Today is Wednesday. Awesome. Um, this is minute 17, and it starts with Lester dissing rock stars and ends with Lester still talking. <laughs> A lot of talking by Lester. Good old Lester Bangs. So, I mean, he's really just, uh, you know, he's, he's he's just really having his moment, you know. It's it's all this really last last minute or two he was he was still he was in this mode then too that's for sure this pontificating this this yes highly verbalizing as a as a critic of any sort probably would do you know but he's a rock critic as well and being a critic of of any kind of art form some of them might you know certainly think about you know the people they're criticizing as being these geniuses as he puts it Right. They think about themselves as geniuses. And, you know, I don't think he's really maliciously, you know, trying to take them down a peg or two, but he doesn't like them up there on their high horses. I love this performance because there's so many Philip Seymour Hoffman characters that are awkward. And this one, he fully Mm. embraces Mm -hmm. this character that is, he knows exactly who he is. He has been you know, unleashed to be able to get paid to have his opinions be known. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that people out there on Twitter, you know, only dream that they could have. (laughs) People would validate their opinions and, uh, you know, actually pay you. And then you actually get, um, you know, get to go and meet people and, but feel like a little bit like you're maybe a little bit above them or that, you know, better or whatever. I I love this performance. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're talking about pain. I mean, he, and he's even giving at the end of his spiel, you know, I can give you 35 bucks, give me a thousand words on black Sabbath, um, which we'll find out, you know, I mean, that's, that's it's going to be a local concert there in San Diego. 
And Williams, Williams' response to that is an assignment. Yeah, and he's very. He even says that kind of. I, I like how he says that very confidently. Like, oh, mm-hmm. an assignment. He's perked up, but he's he sounds he looks ready for that. Like he's ready for his assignment. He's not like oh, gosh, Mister Bangs. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. like ready, ready for it. Uh, it's so great. I um actually in Sacramento in the nineties. I had a zine, you know, which a lot of people had zines in the 90s. But uh, my girlfriend and I, we were both very creative collaborators. And we loved just, you know, trying all sorts of different, our hands at all sorts of different creative things. And we decided that, and I remember exactly when this was, there was a band called Fallacy uh, that was playing a house party and we were watching them, you know, perform in the garage and they were like long, very much like Stillwater. Like, I mean, it was the 90s version, but, you know, long, kind of greasy hair, good looking, angular faced, you know, mostly kind of skinny guys mm-hmm. and uh, just the kind that you, you know, want to follow around and fawn over. And um, I forget exactly how it all came together, but she and I, uh, her name is Penny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Penny and I cooked up the scheme. How could we get to know these guys better and ask them really (laughs) silly questions and really, uh, you know, just have an excuse to hang out with them? And so we decided to cook up a a parody of a teen heartthrob magazine, like a tiger beat or a, a teen beat. And we called it teen meat. <laughs> and um, that could be know. the episode title right there. <laughs> but it was great. And it, it really, it actually uh, flourished for several years. You know, we'd go to mm-hmm. the Kinko's and get, copies made we we'd pay the few extra pennies to have the cover be a color page yeah. and um we did all the photography we did all the um what do you call it when you you know like we had a dark room so we were literally you know um developing the film we we made parody ads we actually ended up getting local advertising in Sacramento uh, we actually mm-hmm. ended up getting um reviewed by uh maximum rock and roll and fact sheet five and they really liked us (laughs) so and because sacramento at the time was you know tower records and all that stuff before the the sad downfall of tower Mm -hmm. uh they actually distributed us worldwide so we had our 15 minutes of fame with teen meat and and we did a lot more fawning. You know, we'd take photos of, you know, kind of beefcake photos of these bands and we got to go behind the scenes and get into concerts for free at the local clubs. And, and then, uh, you know, the guys would try to act cool, you know, like they didn't, you know, care that we were yeah featuring them but they absolutely you know loved it and ate it all up and and we didn't do very much criticism you know we did do some album reviews that were uh even if we didn't like the music we'd figure out some way of saying something nice so we weren't we weren't lester bangsing (laughs) any any of that stuff but it was really fun very cool i had no idea that that part of your history i i know you're such a creative and that's your 
that's uh, your your more recent podcast is very much uh, into into your the creative sides of people. But yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, um, and that was one where we were doing every single thing, yeah. so we really stretched all of our creative muscles. Yeah, and at one point I, I I noted Williams nodding. I mean, he's just as as Lester was going through all that, and 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 he, and, and Lester says industry of cool, and and William has to write that just that little phrase down at this right. at this odd angle on his not you know it's not sticking to the lines of the of the yellow legal pad. And I don't know if you paused it when it was there, but above it he's got Lister bangs, and it's in a rectangle. He's he's not not exactly circled it, but rectangled it. <laughs> Um, with right. the, uh, with the five seventy three, so it's May of seventy three, which we kind of get a very good sense that is roughly May June ish time time frame, uh, in in this uh, earlier part of the year, um, because of the uh, high school graduation that's going on later, much later in the movie. Um, things then, he, and so he's also written down the don't make friends with rock stars, right, <laughs> and righteously dumb. That that's that's one that that Lester doesn't say here. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Well, I have a question about that because when I was kind of poking around on IMDb and looking at reviews and things about the film, um, somebody was saying something about the extended cut. Exactly. Yeah, and I have that note. I have I, I have uh, been uh, saying what uh, the differences are between uh, this theatrical cut that we're going over here and the uh, untitled extended cut uh, and that is i don't know if you if you saw it, it's 42 minutes longer wow right so you know and i i chose to do this that cut i think it's it's uh just just makes things a little easier and 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 i think i kind of prefer it a bit in a sense you know as far as just an overall story but i do love a lot of the details that are in the untitled but there were certainly some 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 good ideas to not have and and uh, so, I mean, did you actually find this the fuller couple? No, sentences? I didn't. I just so noticed it's... that they they said that, so I thought, oh, okay. Well, if if he doesn't say righteously dumb, maybe he says it in the extended cut. So, so Lester is saying, you know, saying, and they will ruin rock and roll and strangle everything we love about it, right? And that's where it, it, the right isn't there. Apparently, the about it. Is, is in the extended cut. The right is somehow cut out or, or maybe added in by ADR. I didn't look close enough to see if that might have been uh, possible. But then the very next uh, sentences he continues on to say is, you know, they are trying to buy respe- respectability for a forum that is glorious, gloriously and righteously dumb. I mean, you are smart enough to know that. And the day it ceases to be dumb is the day it ceases to be real, right? Gotcha. I like too with this minute, these minutes that I got to be a part of here, is that there's as far as the filmmaking goes and the the setting and everything mm-hmm. is that it's pretty quiet. Yeah, and that there's time, like it seems like a natural conversation, even with somebody that's that's playing and an animated you know teacher kind of uh you know that's teaching him 
bringing, <laughs> dropping his wisdom and his knowledge that it's still, there's space between what he's saying, but it doesn't seem like, um, it doesn't seem like where other films might be trying too hard to say, you know, these are wise words he's saying, so let's pause a moment and let it soak in. And yet Mm -hmm. it it is probably how it's kind of feeling for William. Like this is important stuff. I better write it down. And then there is a little bit more after that too, Mm. that um, uh, not totally sure where, where this is, where this should fall. But he, he then says, I mean, the more, the war is over. They won. And 99% of what passes for rock and roll these days, silence is more compelling. Silence is more compelling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is because this is the early seventies. There is the punk that he's going to be into later, but that's not quite coming into his consciousness yet. So we're in this interesting part of rock and roll where there's these incredibly talented bands, but the, we're getting this, um, what they would call album rock. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And you know, I mean, we have a little bit, there, there's certainly some, some uh, glances of the, the singer songwriter as well, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think the, I think the one that's playing right now, the Todd Rundgren, um, that's you know that's that's a, a, a he, he kind of falls in that category i'm pretty sure yeah um, for sure but but yeah and you know and they, they talked about just in the last couple of minutes um they talked a little bit about lou reed and and certainly at the very beginning when when, when lester banks is first on screen he's in that minute he's talking about uh, uh iggy pop and just loving oh, okay iggy. so gotcha. i mean uh, you know iggy is definitely very it's much coming the, in the there proto-punk. yeah <laughs> yeah the godfather <laughs> Yeah, and this is an era of music. I mean, I was I was a little kid during this okay. part, but I I was still around and listening to music um and living in Southern California. So not not quite San Diego, but Seal Beach, California, and uh my dad and mom were both big um music lovers. My dad was definitely one of those guys who had like a good stereo system at home and, you know, and he taught me how to use the record cleaner and clean the records and give them the proper respect, you know, that they deserved. And uh, so there was a lot of music in our house. We're a pretty musical family. And uh, it was interesting to look at the, yeah the music that was popular at this time um i would certainly be listening to stuff that was on the regular kind of classic well it's now called classic rock but back yeah, then it was then, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the the whatever was the most popular you know was going to be on the radio all the time um and then my dad had a little bit more um he he went a little bit deeper, you know, so I got to learn about bluegrass and blues and okay. cool. jazz and rock and um, soul and R&B kind of through his playing stuff. The first album I ever bought was Steve Miller Band. Oh. And um, I always say that it was partially because I knew that I liked 
you know, the songs that were on, uh, you know, like Fly Like an Eagle and stuff that was on that album, but also because uh, there was a, a Pegasus on the cover and I was a little girl and I thought the Pegasus was pretty. <laughs> so it was a little bit of both of those yeah. things. <laughs> um, I, I do. I, I made a note about uh, when Lester saying turn around and go back and his his hand and whole, whole really almost like his whole body, the motions that he's he's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, trying to brush away William, get, get him, see if, see if he can uh, ditch the little puppy dog and right but but no as he says i can tell you're gonna you're not gonna well and he says something about the lawyer which is which which is this really crazy thing because that's what his mom was talking about william's mom just a Mm. uh, good couple weeks ago now probably um when he when he was younger william um talking about being a lawyer was the was the kind of goal between her and 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 his father before he got out of the picture apparently but uh so it's it's funny that um that Lester picks up on that, picked up on that maybe in some uh, other deleted or, or some other kind of conversation or, or maybe Cameron just wanted, you know, Lester to have that kind of, uh, Yoda like quality. You know? Right. <laughs> he knows all. <laughs> yeah. This is totally like, um, William's haircut is totally what my brother's yeah. hair ended up looking like too, as we got a little older, you know, in the later seventies. So this, I'm sure you guys have talked about this in the, you know, previous weeks, but the, definitely this era of California, this is very nostalgic, very nostalgic and rings very true to my experience growing up here. Cool. Yeah visually and the music and yeah and todd rundgren i mean gosh his he had an incredible voice and there's just something about 70s music that's just stands out you know whatever i mean we could talk for hours and hours just on (laughs) singer songwriters and rock and punk and and there's a ton of soul music back then that maybe i wasn't listening to as much but later on as i became yeah, a sure. more interested in delving into things on my own. It became a big part of what I listened to, but yeah, this is, this is a nice little moment in the diner and I love these classic diners too. So it feels comfy to hang out with these guys and have the, just sort of uh, sunlight coming in that looks like it's coming right in from the window and hitting the, you know, a nice uh, cake, in a cake stand back there and coca-cola and coffee and everything you know it just all looks like a cool place to hang out and talk about music yeah and i think we were saying that we kind of estimated well it must be like kind of the later afternoon even early evening maybe that uh is the time frame of the day that they're there um with that sunshine coming in um, but and then Lester becomes he he gets a lot more serious, a lot more, or or you know he's not all putting that show on of, of mm-hmm. how he how he writes and talking like how he writes. Um, but uh, you know he, you know, he says you have to make your reputation on being honest and unmerciful. We get we get him saying, and then William <laughs> has this thing <laughs> where he repeats a lot of what other people say. <laughs> he, right. I mean, he writes down the industry cool, and he writes on other things, of course, too. But um. But uh, he says honest, and that's where where the minute ends. Um, are there other notes you have? 
No, not really. Yeah, no, I think we pretty much covered everything I was thinking about. Well, we have our uh, standard, uh, usually the first minute, I think, um, a question uh, for you to rank the uh, the bands that are commonly considered to make up Stillwater. Um, Almond Brothers, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner, your personal favorite to least favorite or vice versa? Which way are you going to go? Oh my gosh. Alrighty. I gotta say, I'm not super familiar with all those bands, like their yeah. full discography. Sure. So. Oh, sure. I would say growing up that I definitely liked Led Zeppelin a lot. I mean, they were being played on the radio constantly and it was just so heavy, you know, and just, it's weird to, I almost feel like now, you know, in the era we live now, it's hard to go back and imagine what it would be like to discover that music for the first time. Mm So yeah, I guess it would be Led Zeppelin. And then, I one thing I remember, and this this isn't really a ranking thing; it's just a comment. Is that the Eagles? I I remember from being a kid and being around my dad and his friends that the Eagles were a band you either loved or you did yeah. not like at all. And I think my dad was on the did not like them at all. Oh, um, wow. But I think as a young person, you know, singing along to them with all their harmonies and everything, yeah. I definitely. Mm-hmm. So I don't really go back and listen to them, but I guess they'd be number two on that list. And then what do we have? Allman Brothers and Leonard Skinner, Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not what, tie for, for <laughs> you <bottom>. know, <laughs> Leonard Skinner. All I really know is Freebird <laughs> and Allman Brothers. Yeah. What are, what's their like songs? They're more a little more bluesy, aren't they? The Almond Brothers with uh, Whipping Whipping Post is probably my favorite of theirs, and okay, and Jessica, and they have like those two or three girls' names songs, and... right? Yeah, I guess I am I unless I'm just straight up listening to them, I don't really have an opinion on them. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess aesthetically. <laughs> preferred to look at them versus looking at Leonard Skinner. <laughs> but I don't have a yeah, I don't have a opinion on uh, either of them sound wise. So they they're equal on the bottom. They, they either tie for three or tie for four. It'll be yeah. weird, weird way to put that in, in. In the in the spreadsheet when I end up uh, starting that uh, that process, I haven't okay. haven't gotten there yet, but uh, that will happen in the whole editing and so forth, re-listening and so forth. Gotcha. Um. So and then and then uh, uh, any plugs you wanna you wanna go ahead and do now? You can tell us about. Sure. So my first show podcast was uh, Spinal Tap Minute. And so, yeah, uh, if you want to go deeper into the uh, rock and roll world the, uh, and hear more stories about my rock and roll life, <laughs> um, you can listen to Spinal Tap Minute at SpinalTapMinute.com. I did that with Sean German. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got to talk with a, a, a real variety of musicians and um, some critics and writers and uh, lots of people in the music world and filmmaking world. So um, 
that one is really fun. So many people love Spinal Tap that, you know, it brought out folks from all over the place. So Spinal Tap Minute. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just uh, just uh, I'll, I'll I'll plug it myself. Your 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 excellent uh, more recent show, uh, Vibrant Visionaries, which you can you can certainly explain more tomorrow about it. But it's it, uh, that's one for everyone to check out. Uh, and, and if you're listening as we are releasing, and but uh, Heidi, hopefully we'll be able to go into in more depth and tell you all about tomorrow. Yeah, I would absolutely love to go into more depth and thanks. I really love doing Vibrant Visionaries. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this was uh, Minute uh, 17 here on, on a Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday, like I said. Heidi, you'll be able to enjoy, join us again and tell us tell us about that. And we'll we'll actually maybe see outside this diner again. We've been in this diner for two or three or so minutes. I do believe we get out next minute. So until then, it's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! Hey, it's Marcus in the Darkest. And Ray Coob here. The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll is a podcast for the lover of rock and roll. Like many of the other Pantheon podcasts, we take a unique look at the entire rock and roll timeline in a non-traditional fashion. We look at events, we look at movements, moments, albums, tragedy, celebrations, and more. These are what make rock and roll rock and roll. And it's why the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll is a juggernaut waiting for exploration and discussion. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.